What's up, everybody? My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and you are live on the Live Mono Worldwide. Or such a we, we, you, me, we're live on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. Thank you so much for your support. You can find us by downloading our app on Roku and Amazon Fire, or you can also download the E360 TV app on your smart TVs. Find us there. Then, of course, you can find us on any of your favorite podcast networks. And if you're watching on social media right now, Thank you for your support. Share this with friends. We're so grateful that you're here. So today is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. It may be offensive. It may be titillating. I don't know. I don't know where this is going to go. However, um, I'm excited to talk about this subject because so much of my early trauma and the demons that I had to overcome were rooted or birthed from sex, not willing sex, but sex, being molested, being abused, and so on. And my history, and of course, this book, The Devil Inside Me, is all about uh, my life and my journey as a chem sex addict. And, um, and it, obviously, it's more than that. There was way more complicated things. Each of my identities having a different sexuality, um, you know, not knowing my sexuality, not knowing who I was. All of this was birthed from the sexual trauma that I suffered as a kid. So the hell that I unleashed on the world trying to escape reality and everything else, like to needless to say, I had a very unhealthy relationship with sex. So I'm always admire when I meet people that can look at sex and look, this whole, co this whole conversation today is not about sex. I mean, it's way more, it's way deeper than that. And it's way more spiritual in nature than that too. However, on a surface level, it's sex, but like anything that comes to the surface level, it's, it grew from something, right? We have roots, we have roots. And so whatever our roots are, if our roots are strong and healthy, then healthy things are going to come out. But if our roots are toxic and broken and ugly and evil and everything else that I was and painful, what's going to come out? My case was a monster. So when I meet people or, or I even read about people that can look at the spirituality of sex and the divine feminine, the divine masculine. First of all, my head explodes. But secondly, um, I admire it because to truly understand sex and what it is at a spiritual level, I think a lot of healing can, can take place. Um, and again, as I'm 42 years old now and I'm in a loving amazing relationship marriage with my wife um i gotta tell you like even going into my marriage my relationship with sex wasn't healthy and as time goes and as i heal from did my relationship with sex is healing and the way i'm able to operate and function and everything else that centers around this subject so sex <laughs> we're going to talk about sex we're going to talk about the divine feminine, the divine masculine. We're going to, and, and you know what? Who knows what direction we'll go from there. But you guys are in for a treat. You guys are in for maybe something that'll anger you, maybe something that'll trigger you, maybe something that will enlighten you. But nonetheless, like everything here, this will be completely unfiltered. It will be completely uncensored. So if kids are around, oof, probably not the best subject for them. Although, now that I think about it, We should talk to kids about sex, not in a sexualized manner, but look, we got a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world. And I mean, I just three days ago had to have a talk with my five and six-year-old daughters about what sexual abuse is. That is not an easy conversation to have, but you know something? When kids ask, why would we not tell them the truth? And of course, there's a way to talk to kids and share these things. And, you know, not that you don't have to be sexually explicit, but we can be honest. And maybe, maybe 
things like what happened to me and like so many others around the world and so many of you that are watching right now, maybe the damage that comes from that can be lessened. Because look, we can't protect our children from everything. We can't even protect ourselves from everything. But, you know, if we're prepared and we, if our parents are, are honest with us or we are honest with our children, maybe when they have situations like that, maybe when they're touched inappropriately, they're going to have the courage to speak up instead of being scared. So these conversations are necessary. And again, maybe this conversation is healing for you. I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect, except for the fact that we're going to go there. And I hope you enjoy. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> Joshua T. Berglund, and we are on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. Also, thank you to our sponsors. Again, you can just scan that barcode, and you can see all of the uh, different sponsors we have for our network and for our foundation. We are grateful for them. State and Liberty, Pathwater, uh, and so many more. So we appreciate you. And without further ado, um, I am really sincerely and genuinely excited to introduce to you somebody that Look, I want to preface this. Like, I, I feel like I need to do this with every broadcast I do because I bring on so many different types of personalities, different belief systems, and so on. I don't necessarily, it, I don't know if I'm going to agree or disagree with anything that's said here uh, from our guest. It doesn't matter. The fact is that the only way we're ever going to really learn is by challenging ourselves and not, and get out of the, this box, like so many of us get in this stuck in this little world of just stuck. And we only know it's an echo chamber, right? You talk, <laughs> we, we follow people that we agree with. We, we only talk to people that fit into our little box or to our real, little religion or whatever it is. And how in the heck are we supposed to learn anything? How are we supposed to break out of the matrix if we're just feeding our mind with the same things every day? And what's wrong with having your beliefs challenged? At the same time, what's the problem with learning new things? And so I know that there's going to be some conversation that takes place here that I don't know a lot about. And so some of it's going to be controversial to you because, well, a lot of you are Bible believer, believing Christians, and some of you are followers of Jesus. Some of you are atheists. Some of you are Buddhist. Some of you are bisexual. Some of you are gay. Some of you are transgendered. We have all walks of life here. But the point is this. 
I want to learn as much as I can about all of these areas that I'm curious about. And, and, and especially in around issues that for me have stunted my growth. They've stunted my ability to have a healthy life, a normal life. Um, they've affected my relationships and so on. So I just want to preface this, that this may shock you. It may frustrate you. It may trigger you and it may hurt your feelings or it may bring healing for you or it may wreck your whole sensibilities. Either way, this is going to be a healthy conversation and I'm looking forward to it. So as, without further ado, I am, like I said, I'm really excited to introduce to you Sarah Strong. What's <laughs> up, Sarah? How are you? Hi, Joshua. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, I'm glad that you're here. And um, first things first, before we get into everything, because I kind of told you a little bit of some of the directions we were going to go. Um, but a lot of that has to do with my own curiosity, because I think I shared with you when we first start talking that, you know, I have a lot of trauma in this area and I'm healing. Mm -hmm. That said, I have so many things that I just don't know yet, even about myself. And so I'm, I'm genuinely excited to have this conversation. But first things first, Sarah, what are you grateful for today and why? Mm, that's a beautiful question. So today I'm grateful that I can give myself the space when I need it, when I'm feeling overwhelmed by life. And I'm, I'm grateful that... Um, I know, I know that I can put that sparkle boundary, the health, that healthy boundary in place and just say no to the world. <laughs> and why is because I, I am, I love people. I love giving, I love being in service. And if, in order to be in service in the ways that I truly desire and that I'm aligned with, I must fill my own cup consistently in order to have the energy and light to share with others. Uh, that is beautiful. Well, off the bat, um, I don't want to. I want to get into a subject that I don't understand, but I have a lot of friends. So, doing, I, I've done a bunch of emotional intelligence work, like three month long courses, a weekend course here, a weekend course there, and I've done a lot of work there. And a lot, I I often hear in that circle, especially people talking about the divine feminine, the divine masculine. Mm -hmm. Now, that's something that. You know, I don't understand, and there's a lot of people, like I was saying earlier, that watch the show or listen to the show that are Bible-believing Christians. And, and I, as a follower of Christ myself, I, I'm a little bit different in the religious sense of a Christian in that I believe that following Jesus is more spiritual than it is anything else. Yes. Um, and, and I also believe in the spiritual world more than I believe in the world that you and I are sitting in right now. Yes. And I absolutely do. So... I'm intrigued by the concept of divine feminine and divine masculine, but I don't understand it. So at a baseline, can you start with the most, well, I mean, really just the way that you feel led to explain them. Can you explain the difference between the divine feminine, divine masculine, and why it matters? Okay. So it's interesting that you talk about Christ because I am, I'm a, a devoted follower of Christ. He has been with me my entire life. I believe he was one of the first beings that I channeled as a child. I felt his presence with me. I, I heard his words speak through me and he is the ultimate divine masculine. He is the most, he is the penultimate expression of the divine masculine that we have had an experience of on this in our third dimension of existence on our planet so the the difference between divine masculine and divine feminine obviously one represents a a masculine expression of energy which is personified generally as strength as steadfastness of a groundedness and kind of holding that the divine masculine is a holding of space and the divine feminine is more fluid and more magnetic more. And she's got like a, she's, if I was to describe them at, in the elements, 
the divine masculine would be a tree and the divine feminine would be water, which is a very simple way of feeling into those two different energies. That's a really great explanation of that. <laughs> Thank you. Now, isn't the secret to life the way that people that follow along the lines of, or I don't know if it's not a belief system. I don't know if it's a belief system or not. Again, I don't understand enough about it, but from what I've heard, you want to meet the two in the middle. In other words, you want to have a nice balance of our own life of the div divine masculine and the divine feminine. And there's some people would be that would ask the question, or maybe it's my own curious mind. Well, doesn't that make you bisexual? If you have a nice balance of both, does the divine feminine, the divine masculine have anything to do with sexuality at all? No, not particularly. No. So it's just an, it's an energy, an energy that is exists inside of every single being. It doesn't matter that your sexual orientation at all. It doesn't divine masculine and feminine doesn't touch sexuality in any, in any, it, it can, it can be with a conscious awareness of how you're using your energy. You can actually, you can bring it in to your sexual world. Absolutely. But it doesn't have anything to do. It, it stands alone in, in its own energy field. It doesn't have anything to do with sexuality. Wow. So obviously, so our, when we're born, so I'm born, I was born a man or born, a, a, a boy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> I was a boy, a man. Yeah. I, of course, I think I still had the same <laughs> amount of back hair that I had was made. Anyway, um, never mind. <laughs> so, but when you're born, are you just born? I'm born where I'm already in the divine masculine and I got to figure out the feminine side or explain that. This is one of the most beautiful questions I've been asked about this topic currently. Oh, and I don't and, know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, there's definitely some energy here that is just so pure. So when you come in as a baby, you're the perfect, you are perfection, energetic perfection. There is no, it's ego, you're egoless. You can't express yourself it's only through crying or mannerisms or noises that you even express and communicate so you are an absolute perfect representation and balance of the divine masculine and feminine you just completely unaware of it that's why it's so perfect because there's no ego to identify with and there's no ego to filter the communication out of the being that's interesting. So is the quest though. So as ego steps in, because we start, we, I, I think my first memories um, where ego stepped in was selfishness. <laughs> like, um, I, 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 where does, where does it, if we're the perfect as a baby, the perfect representation of both in that balance, where does it go wrong? And what happens first? Do, it, do we separate from the divine feminine as men? And then, and then we, now we're on the quest to find it back. Like explain how we lose that perfection and then how we get back to it. Yes. Beautiful question. And, and just to bring the awareness to nothing goes wrong, you know? So I, I know what you're saying and I know you don't mean it in that way, but it's, it's basically, we have all come from God the perfect expression of God. And we come into the human form imperfect to experience the imperfection and the brokenness. Like being human is an expression of brokenness, but not internally broken. You are broken from, from the God, from God's source. So you appear separate in order to learn about your separateness so that you can learn to know yourself because God as a whole being could never know itself, himself, herself, itself, being whole. So coming into form is a, a part of the, the part of the breaking and a part of the magic of life is being separated and or having the illusion that you're separated, which is it is an illusion. And so the journey of forming the ego, generally it starts to form when that's why it's called the terrible twos when when little little people are about two years old they're starting to 
express themselves in new ways, they have formed new communication techniques and they start to, you know, their parents may tell them something that they don't want to hear and then it forms a little, an ego is a is the barrier, as a protection barrier to things that you don't want to hear. So as the ego starts to form, then the, sp the spirit inside kind of gets encapsulated by the ego. It starts to, there's this, there is this separation that occurs. So a baby growing up six months, 12 months, just is this pure expression of joy and fun and love and everything. And then th it's called the terrible twos because you start, they start to form a personality and the ego centers in the personality. And that is formed by external situations by a parent telling them no or and and that child opposing what they're being told and then that you know if if a parent explains what's happening and explains and there's some integration it, the the parent explains this integration process then that child can grow up with a better understanding of themselves understanding that a no stopping them from hurting themselves is very important but a no that's maybe abuse maybe you know maybe they're being spoken down to out of turn that that will form a, a like a, a negative ego response whereas you know if, if children are spoken to in a certain way so they can understand and they can have a deepening of the of the experience of being a soul in a human body then they can get to a more integrated they, they can go through a more integrated learning, I mean, sorry, growing process. Hmm. How, so, what is the, as an adult, and, you know, we go through our healing journeys, that healing journey really begins with the decision of, I'm, I'm, I'm committed to doing the work to becoming who I was created to be. Yeah. But that's the decision that's made. For me, it was accepting Jesus. Had a I had an experience with the Holy Spirit that radically changed my life, and like it, to the point that, look, I'm pretty open minded about a lot of stuff, and and I and I can I have more questions about my faith than I have answers. Um, that said, my faith is what it is, and and that's a really really was strong for me. That said, I was committed that day. And I made the commitment for the first time in my life because I tried before and never actually kept the commitment. But I wasn't serious either about changing. I wasn't serious about doing the work every single day. When we are trying to get back in touch to find that balance where I'm now trying to bring in the divine feminine or become, an, 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 an ba become a balance of the two, divine masculine, divine feminine, is that do we make do we do that consciously the time that the day that we decide that we're going to go on our journey to heal or is it later after the fact once you get to a certain point then you can do it well it really depends who you are and and how conscious of your awakening journey that you are so huh. what what comes up the most strongly when you talk about that is you must be willing to face your darkness you must be willing to go into your shadow to find the light. So the only way to your light is through the shadow and through the darkness. I mean, Christ <laughs> talked like this is throughout the entire Bible, you know. So if I read the Passion Translation of the Bible and this explains that if you're not willing to face, they call them the, your demons, if you're not willing to face your demons and face what is the, the darkest part of your soul, you will never come into the light. You have no ability to come into the light because they're, they're, they're juxtaposed for a reason. And the, your willingness to face yourself and the more conscious that you can be of that and the more conscious you can be of your own journey. So, I mean, for instance, say, you, you know, your, um, your trauma as a child, uh, Joshua, that you came into adulthood not knowing how traumatized you were. You were and that was in, it was embedded in your subconscious. You had no idea how that was going to affect your adulthood. I have similar trauma in my childhood, you know, or just 
being not not so much sexual but more um psychological and mm. verbal like torment telling being told i was stupid be told that you know i was ugly I, I well i thought i was just ugly and stupid and i had nothing to offer the world because of how i was treated as a child so i i, I grew up to be a broken you know a wounded child inside of a a human adult body and um and and in order to bring consciousness i i went through a, you know a 21 year cycle of of drug and alcohol abuse to find myself at the end of that that was my darkness but to find myself at the end of that knowing okay cool i'm i'm not liking the life that i'm living therefore what can i do about that i went and got i went and got help and i you know i i started my journey my very conscious journey of facing my darkness and healing from that and exposing it and talking about it and being then being becoming so deeply aware of the things that I lacked mm -hmm. and and how I you know how I wasn't I'm still dealing with certain aspects of of those things today you know the dealing with relationships and dealing with going into you know now I'm in a beautiful hugely loving relationship and I, my trigger I'm still getting triggered I'm still getting triggered to those more codependent patterns that I used to be but I just I'm so conscious about it that I have a coach and I go and deal with those things with a coach so it it's it's definitely a slow process coming going through the darkness and I would recommend anyone who feels that heaviness and feels that can sometimes confusion and sometimes it can be anxiety that comes to the surface sometimes and and sometimes it can manifest in different ways it could manifest in overeating could manifest in really negative thinking or shutting down or depression like shame internally can manifest as fibromyalgia it can manifest as herpes it can manifest in the body as illnesses that once you're willing and ready to look at can be completely eradicated from your body and your system with the internal work of facing your darkness and bringing it into the light and then healing and clearing from that and i would highly recommend doing that with somebody else whether that be a psychologist uh, or some form of coach yeah i didn't use any of that i i it was for me it was me and god in isolation and i mean obviously i mean i did but of course, my broadcast that I was originally doing were it was like a therapy session because I just got comfortable. So much of my healing came from just learning to tell the truth. Yeah. And That's being a big, honest a about one. where I was at. Yeah. And that was amazing how that healed. And I because I noticed every time I went to a therapist, they would either not understand um, what I was trying to say. Or I would find myself manipulating the situation to get what I wanted to hear because I was so good at it. And I was like, oh, you know, the only way I'm out of doing this is with God now because that, that was, I mean, that's what I felt led to do. And look, I, I do recommend professional help for people that are out there, um, especially people that are qualified to address your specific situation. But I would make sure that they truly understand it. Like with my case, with DID being the diagnosis I was given, the, the official diagnosis after all the misdiagnoses, di di diagnosis ease or whatever you say, um, I had to do it alone. And it was terrifying for it to do it that way. Yeah, it is. And because especially when I didn't even trust myself to to be able to do that, to 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 even be honest with myself in the mirror about what it was I was seeing coming back at me. But it was quite the experience. And it was healing. And it's been, you're right about it, taking forever. It's like, gosh, why can't it be like a magic trick where everything is healed all at once? But I don't know if we could physically heal it. I mean, physically deal with that if we were to heal all at one time. Bless you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't, it because it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And, and the other thing too is one of the, I I discovered this um, when I was trying to understand shadows, and this is before I realized that it was multiple uh, personalities that I had. 
so like my shadow had a darker shadow and then a darker shadow and a darker shadow and um but when i was learning that i actually looked up is like does it talk about does jesus ever talk about your shadow and the shadow and he does i don't remember yeah. the i don't have the verse verse or verses but it does it goes into this but it, it's not real clear how we're to work with it because we always hear well when we see the devil we see the enemy we have a spirit we you know we 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 resist it and then it'll flee well my experience with trying to resist the enemy or that or what i didn't want to confront or a giant in front of me well if i tried to resist it it kept chasing me <laughs> it chased me all over the house and but when i took it head on I could make it go away when I recognize my authority. Mm. So my 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 question is this, because I hear some people say you don't you don't try to kill your shadow, you don't run from your shadow, you learn to dance with it. What's your philosophy on how we approach our shadow selves? And we all we all have one. We all yes. So yes, the dancing with it really resonates with me as well. And it's, it's, it's getting to know it and how, how you can transcend that energy. So for about a year during my coaching process with my coach, I faced my own shadows and my own darkness in order to really understand what, what, was, un what was underneath all the behaviors that were driving me. Like, what was that? Like my life still wasn't exactly how I wanted it to be and it was still not flourishing in the way that I wanted it to flourish. But in order to transmute that energy, it's it's facing it, it's sitting with it, it's getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. It's it's asking it what it needs. You know, it's uh, there's a book, and I'm so happy that this has come back into my um, mind right now, there's a book called Feeding Your Demons by a monk. Her name... Um, escapes me right now but it's called the book is called feeding your demons and it's getting it's giving them what they need to be satiated in their energy so that you are freed from their from their grips so rather than running from them rather than trying to you know escape from them which never works it never works it's like feel <laughs> like sitting in front of them and understanding what they need in to to release you from their from their grip so i i know that this is sounds really conceptual at the moment and so there's an example that wants to come through um, of my own experience and i was extremely um i, I was very rejected as a child i had a, a huge fear of abandonment and a, a huge fear of rejection i would wake up in mornings and think that my mom would be gone like i would just i would just fear it so much and I would run to her room and I would check her bed and and she I mean she attempted suicide twice in my life so it was it was a founded fear it wasn't just a completely unfounded fear it was founded in reality no but these the fear started before she even attempted suicide and so in my in my adult life how that manifested was creating relationships and people in my life that would reject me in some way shape or form they would abandon me in some way it's because i was still holding the energy of the abandonment so i could only ha attract those who would abandon me so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and that is that is a shadow an active shadow happening on a subconscious level that happens all the time until i've sat with that shadow and i said okay how can we heal this idea that I am going to be abandoned? And it's like sitting down with myself and realizing, just doing the internal work, facing the shadow, working. I I worked through all of this with a coach, and I I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done it any other way. It was not going to happen for me in any other way than sure. going there with with Morgan. So, I I did. I sat with it and I asked myself, what do I need to feel secure what do i need to how can i give myself what i what was taken away from me through the relationships growing up and i started to do that work and i started to fulfill 
those things. Even even today, I I have mantras like I am the source of my own security. I am the source of my own love. I am I am my own source of everything that I need. I do not look outside of myself for anything because we are we are God. We are we have our own energy field for a reason, and we have our own divine connection to source which I call God or the great spirit or love or just the universal expression of love. So if we find out what our shadow needs and we give it to it, what happens if we get completely healed? Does the shadow go away or is it still there? And then what's the purpose of the shadow if you're healed? It's a really intricate question. Thank you. So our souls are very, 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 very deep. So what feels like a healing on one level can, can absolutely be a healing on that one level, but our souls are like a layer, the layer of an onion. There's, there's generally another layer. So if you're willing to accept and stay open-minded to the fact that the shadow may come back again when you are, so say you're single and you really feel like you've dealt with that fear of rejection and then you attract a new partner that is a new level as like a, an upgraded version of what you used to attract because now you have healed a certain level, that partner may trigger some deeper layers of that shadow. Yeah. And, that and, true. yeah. and that's the beauty of relationship is that once you're conscious about that shadow and that that shadow may be re-triggered, you get to then go to a deeper level of that shadow to heal on an even deeper level. And then that relationship is, that's why souls, that's why we as humans love being in relationship because we get to heal on even deeper levels and way more um, intricately with a partner than we would single because of the triggers. So yes, we can absolutely heal on one level and then there is the shadow can reduce, like absolutely it can reduce it in its power over us. And then as we move through life, if we crave at a soul level deeper healing of that particular shadow, then we will attract partnerships and even friendships that will help us heal on those deeper levels. You know, that's true. I, so my healing journey, um, I gave my life to the Lord. It's been six years now. It took about, let's see, two years to get out of the toxic relationship I was in where we were constantly, oof. then I married a woman I didn't know because I've, and that one, that relationship, that marriage, that short one month marriage helped me really see areas of my life that still needed to be healed because yeah. she was that mirror. And, and it was a painful mirror, even though, again, like so much of my life had changed and I was different. What she was for me exposed these deep wounds yeah. that I didn't really know I had, or maybe didn't know I had to that level. And one of them was that I didn't, I didn't trust myself alone. So I finally got the courage and I was like, okay, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be alone. And I was, and I was, I was basically lived in isolation for a year and went through this journey and it was awful. It's, it's, it, it, it was horrible, but then it was awesome too. It was a blessing. And and it really did help me start to go, oh, I can make loving choices for myself. And little by little, I became the man that I needed to be and then eventually attracted the person, the woman that I'd always wanted, like always wanted. Personality type, what we did, how our relationship is. And to see all that's been amazing. But... She, when we first met, we met on Valentine's Day two years ago. I flew to Minnesota to see her. And, you know, after the euphoria of the newness wears off a relationship and the reality of the relationship sets in, mm. then you start to go, oh, <laughs> she's bringing up other areas that I need to work on. In other yeah. words, 
I've been such a little boy for so long. Yeah, it's great. I can be a man now and I can take care of myself. But now, are you going to take care of a woman? Are you going to be able to be the man that she needs or, or to be the right kind of partner that she needs? And you know what? I wasn't. I wanted to be, but those triggers and my shadow self or my darker self or my other alters would show up yeah. because they would get triggered by something in the relationship. And so you're right about that. And I appreciate that. I appreciate you bringing that up very much. And then, of course, now a new area that I'm being I'm working on is my work life, meaning I've never really done well working with other people, especially like in a company situation where I'm around a bunch of different personalities and I don't have control. I that's a trigger for me because I you can't control how other people act. You know, it's a little bit more contained when you're just a relationship. But when you factor in friendships, work life, gym people, you know, whatever, that has a way of sneaking up on you and showing you hey, you've got more work to do. After. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I'm, I'm really glad that you touched on that subject. Um, so it basically it makes it sound like the journey's never done. That's right. It's it, as long as you're in body and in the human form, it's if you choose so, it can be an infinite journey of expansion. And you can get to places that feel extremely uncomfortable. Like, and they are the most beautiful places because that means you're coming into a, a place in your own psyche that you haven't been before. It's uncharted waters, it's uncharted territory within. And it's it, it's it's caused for excitement, not fear. <laughs> so that is something, uh, part of the awakening process and, and the reawakening to your own path and your own soul is getting familiar with the uncomfortable and, and actually celebrating the uncomfortable because it does mean that you're on the precipice of greatness. Well. Wow. How about that? <laughs> um, I want to get in this subject because there's a lot of people that watch. So the demographic of the people that watch or listen to this show are from all walks of life, all belief systems, all religions, all sexualities, all um, gender identifications, meaning they may identify as something different than male and female. Yeah. Uh, and that gets confusing. Um, but I, with that said, um, a lot of people that listen have been trafficked, have been molested, have been abused, and their sexual identity is either all over the place, it's hiding, it's acting out, it's all over the place, but nonetheless, it's, it's, it's not, well, pure is not the word I want to use. But it's out of whack a little bit. In other words, it's not it's not natural. Yeah. And, and look, I'm not trying to offend anybody out there by saying that because I'm really talking about myself. Because some of the things that go through my head and the way that my behavior has been in the past, the way that I've acted out, um, like, you know, I've gone from everything from asexual to trisexual, which means try anything. Yeah. Um, and I'm not actually being funny there either. I mean, I'm just, it's been... My alters all had these different things. And, but we went about it in an incredibly unhealthy way, all of them, including the asexual I, I alter that I had. I haven't really seen that one in a while, but I haven't even switched in two months. So maybe I'm healed. But that said, my identity sexually is still very muddled. And that's an area of my life that. I would love to move forward with mm -hmm. certainty of, because look, I mean, my wife knows all this stuff. I mean, she can have this conversation easier than I can. And all my crazies out there, I mean, that's that's what's in our book um, that we wrote. It's my testimony in the most graphic form possible because I didn't want to hide from any of it. And I felt it was important to tell, to paint the picture so people can see, like, the evil and also what God can do in your life. Anyway, yeah. with all that said... The one area of my life that I know for certain that I want healed is my sexual identity because it's still all over the place. 
So with your knowledge and what you know about sexual identity, the divine feminine, the divine masculine, even though that has nothing really to do with sexuality, mm. um, and your, you know, with your knowledge and your information about past lives and all of that stuff, can you speak to those out there, including myself, that have suffered sexual traumas and have gone through this very awkward relationship with sex? Yes, absolutely. As, as have I. I um, also struggled with just being very outlandish. I was very outlandish sexually in the past, and I felt like that was the only card that I could play was the last card. That I felt like that was the only value I could bring to a Same. partner or, you know, I was just very sexual, and I felt like that was the only card I could play. Uh, yes, yeah, so my my healing around that and um the deepening of the energy around that <clears throat> is the biggest word that comes through is acceptance just accepting exactly where you are right now like mm -hmm. it may not feel complete it may not feel that it's okay and that's okay you know, so complete acceptance mm -hmm. of in mind, body, spirit, heart, soul, of the knowingness that if you're if you don't feel okay right now, you there will be a moment in time where you get there. But your process is the most glorious and the most beautiful. The uncomfortability, the struggle, the challenge, is the most beautiful part of the process, because once you've made your breakthrough that is a completely different echelon of energy that you're going to come into. It's a different person that you're going to create, but the struggle is, is beautiful. And so many of the masters that I speak to, the downloads that I get, the energy that comes through my own personal spiritual journey is about the brokenness, about we did not come here to be perfect beings. We came here to experience the brokenness in the human form, in the human expression and denying yourself the true, the depth of feeling and the depth of the brokenness, it denies yourself your pure existence. So there's so much beauty in the brokenness. There's actual like, there's so, and there's so much awakening that comes from actually accepting and feeling into it, not trying to run away for it, from it or deny it or explain it or justify it. Just be it. Be all of it. There's so, there's so many people. Um, so for me, my this is probably going to upset my mother and other Christians, but I, again, I'm open about this all the time. When I feel like myself, like as in the even now where I haven't had a switch in two months now, where I've gone to a different altar, like I am probably more, I and I'm not big on labels, but like I see myself being more bisexual and Nate, like my natural being who I am, that's what I feel. And it doesn't mean I'm not attracted to every woman I see and every man I see. And it doesn't, that doesn't mean that it just, but I do recognize when there is an attraction, there is an attraction. Mm -hmm. Now the difference is because I don't, I haven't acted on the nor the normal impulses that I've had to act out sexually. Um, what I have noticed is that I'm able to look at that when I do notice myself attracted to a man, for instance, then I'm like, oh, so it's still there. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it, it didn't go away. God didn't take that away from me. Yeah. All right. But then, and so, I, and then I can just like accept it and just move on. And like, I don't need to go act on impulse like I did before. Cause then I'd be like on apps and looking for drugs and look, you know, going through the whole ritual of what I did before. Yeah. Now I just kind of accept it until. I get in my head or get in the Bible and I see in the Bible where it speaks specifically against, and I know there's interpretations and, you know, the original Hebrew doesn't say this. And I, I, I know all those conversations, but the majority of Bible believing Christians and followers of Jesus will look to the Bible and point to what's in the Bible and say, that's wrong. 
That's that's damnation to hell. And so then, and then it's like, okay, now I'm not okay with that anymore. Now all of a sudden I want to shame myself again. And I want to beat myself up. All the behaviors that caused me to act out before when I was doing all the drugs and having sex with as many people possible over a four-day span. Yeah. And when I say chem sex addict, I was, I mean, it was a demonic thing. Yeah. So that's where that wrestling match comes. And then you talk about the shadow. Well, this doesn't feel very shadowy to me. So it's, in other words, it's nothing I want to dance with because if I dance too long, I'm going to be butt naked with it, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So like, I don't understand that side of it and really how to address it. And I'm not telling you to speak out against the Bible or anything like that. But again, there's a lot of people here that are watching that are either in the closet struggling with this, or maybe they have been a little bit honest with it, and they're just pretending that they've been delivered from it. But the fact is this, there's like here lately, more and more and more and more leaders of churches have been in trouble for what? Hiding that they were gay or sneaking around with their wife and sleeping with the dude or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, so evidently there's a real problem here and there needs to be some healing around this for a lot of people, not just me. Yeah. So with your expertise and what you know, can you address what I just brought up? Absolutely. So around, around what you were, you were talking about honesty and truth earlier, and it's about getting honest with self first, like it's coming back to self and aligning with the, the authentic part of you, the authenticity within your soul. Who are you at a fundamental level? And really getting honest with yourself about, about who that is. And this is, is what it's, you know, it's difficult. It's not a hard, it's not an easy process to do this, to really, really look at yourself and admit all the fault. And it's not actually fault. It's a journey, you know, it's a journey to the soul. So you need the, let's just call them hiccups. You need the hiccups along the way to journey to the core of your soul. And without all of them, it's, it's a, it's, you know, it's a difficult process enough, but without all of them, it's even harder because you wouldn't have the markers to get there. Thank you know, God so it, grace. Exactly. You go there with grace. That's why, that's why God gave us grace. We are in these bodies today because of God's grace. We exist today because God is so gracious upon our souls. You know, like, I mean, we are an expression of God, you know, like I, I, I spent years feeling separate from God and, and years I've been reading this book, um, conversations with God. I'm on book three, which is like one of the most incredible, uh, awakening books I've, I've read. I read it when I was a kid. I read it when in my, I think my late teens, early twenties. And then again now, which is just, it just talks about God knows everything. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what we do. It just matters how we treat ourselves and how we treat others. That is the most important thing in this world. It does not matter what we do to get there, to expose ourselves, to express ourselves. It matters how we treat ourselves and how we treat another. Okay. But what about soul ties? Because I can hear that and, and it sounds like, or maybe this is the perverted side of my mind. Like, well, Sarah's just giving me a permission to go out and be a whore again. And uh, like, hey, well, I'm going to, I'll forgive myself for it or whatever. I, like, I'll just, hey, it's no big deal. I, I mean, seriously, like there's some people with the mindset, they'll grab onto words like that and go, yeah, I can use this to go do whatever I want. So well, I said it matters how you treat yourself and how you treat the other at, at a fundamental level. It's, it, mm-hmm. is, it is love one another. Well, that, some I mean, people say the act of sex is love, though. I mean, well, and listen, I believe in soul ties. So I, what? Explain soul ties. Well, so I believe in, well, part of the reason, like, I know like how I got DID is boy, that's graphic. Do I want to go there? All this, how about this? I'm going to reverse and go somewhere else. Okay. Soul ties are basically there's an exchange of DNA when you have sex. Yeah. And there's also a transfer of energy. Yep. 
So with the DNA and the energy latches on, there's a, there's a tie there. There's a soul tie that hangs on. Like for instance, when you sleep with somebody, they have a, you have a hard time, they have a hard time getting out of your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, whether the experience was good or bad, I don't think that part matters. Like they're just kind of there. They're always in the back of your head for some reason. And so when I learned about soul ties or the science behind it and the DNA transfer, it really helped me step back and go, well, maybe being a man whore is not the best idea. Yeah. Um, And that it was actually a practical reason for me to stop doing the things that I was doing. And then, of course, then I realized that I had self-control issues that I got to work on. Mm. That said, I've always had that in the back of my head. So a lot of the the prayers and the deliverances that I've gone through to try to heal the DID, which is the removing of the spirits that were in me. Yeah. That it was, had a lot to do with my healing journey mm-hmm. and how I healed. Um, and, and so that's been very powerful for me. So that's what I mean by that. Okay, cool. So I don't know that much. I know the, the expressions of the soul mm-hmm. ties. I've never heard it put like that before. But this connection and these kind of, I would call them tags, emotional tags that people put mm. on each other. And, you know, we go into, you know, even a one night stand, that person can tag your energy field and be sucking energy from you because, you know, they're connected to you in some way. But uh, as an empath and, you know, psychic and being very connected to the energy, the source, source energy, I get guided to walk on the earth a lot, be out in the sun, you know, do salt baths, do kind of cleansing things. So meditation is a very cleansing uh, practice. Also saging and doing, you know, smoke practices that the Native Americans have used for eons, for decades. Um, doing those kinds of things do like cl- like cleanse out energy from your energy field. And I, I, I absolutely know that those things work. And, you know, having nice salt bath and things like that, they're very simple. They're very, um, they're actually scientific as well. So we're an energetic field. We have an electromagnetic aura field around us. And salt in water is an, it's actually an ion that cleans literally the electromagnetic structure of your field. So if, if anyone is feeling like they're tired and there's also really beautiful meditations that you can do that cut cords, cord mm. cutting is a really, really beautiful way of disengaging from if you have that mental obsession, as you were talking about, about someone that you recently dated or even just recently slept with, or even if you didn't even, you don't even need to have copulated, like you could have touched their hand. Like even just that is a cellular, there's a cellular transfer there. Sure. Um, even through a kiss, there's a cellular transfer through a kiss that, you know, somebody may be, you know, you don't even know what maybe past life connection you may have had to that person that is causing maybe a deeper, a deeper connection than is explainable in this lifetime. So yeah, all of these things can be really helpful. So there's again, I, I keep I because I, again, I know my audience. So I'm sitting here, some people going, they're just like wrapping their arms over everything you're saying, like it's just the warmest hug they've ever had. And there's other people that are going, She's yeah. a witch, <laughs> <laughs> talking That's about cool. past lives, talking about psychic ability. I want you to address this in your to your definition what's the difference between a prophet and a psychic? So there's there's not much difference. There's not much difference at all. The prophets generally are sent to tell the world what they're seeing, Mm -hmm. to prophesize, and Jesus was a prophet. There's been many modern-day prophets. I believe that Martin Luther King was a prophet, Um, Gandhi. There's been really powerful prophets uh, even uh, Joan of Arc, she was a prophet. They they knew things. They came to earth knowing things that they needed to share to advance society, to advance the human race. That is the definition of a prophet. They came from the spirit realm through he- to earth to share their wisdom to benefit humanity. And 
psychics gen they don't they're not always i do not tell what's going to happen in the future even though i may i can tune in and i can see the future if i wanted to i can see the past i can see timelines all sorts of different things i don't do that because it's not in the highest vibration to be in service to humanity i don't believe that i believe that people ha you have the power to create your own reality with your thinking in a, in a moment even if you think something may happen you have the power to change that just through just through positive thinking it's not got anything to do with that so i wouldn't ever say anything's going to happen in the future because people's minds can latch onto that and make it happen even if it wasn't supposed to happen so i think i i stay in very i'm extremely integral in how i deal with my own psychic ability and i mean I mean, I believe, you know, that is one way to stay integral is to not tell people things that maybe is, is not, not what they need to hear in the moment. Holy crap. That's the best <laughs> explanation I've ever heard of that or heard regarding that because I, I, like I see, I've seen things and my earliest memory was, you know, my visions came we're born out of trauma. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, not all of it was trauma based at first. Now I get them, you know, pretty regularly, but they're very similar to the visions I was getting as a kid. And like I started just, you know, what we have happening now and what's coming on the other side of it, I've seen since I was a little kid. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Freak me the bleep out, man. Yeah. Like, I, I, and then, you know, and I'm like, oh, I, and even when I was like walking on the dark side and doing very evil things, the visions I got were dark, but promising too. And, and I, but I, and then I started to identify, oh, I have a role in this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, Screw that noise. I don't want that responsibility. <laughs> no way. Like, yeah. and then, so I just went further down my dark path. Yeah. Because part of my surrender and part of giving my life to the Lord was I'm done running. Yeah. I, my life is no longer my own. Like take my life at yours. I, I want your will, your will only not those exact words, but I mean, you get the point. Yeah. So I, and I still see things. Yeah. Now, I love your explanation of that. And, you know, and a, and a lot of what you're talking about, like there's things in the Bible that speak out against your gifting. Yeah. Like, I don't think you asked for your gifting. I didn't ask for mine. I mean, I'm glad I have it. And I wouldn't trade it for the world now. <laughs> but I mean, when I was young, I sure as hell did. Like, I yeah. wanted no part of it. So it's it, it, it's interesting that you have that. So how do you feel when people say you're gifting? Or I don't know if they've ever said it to your face, but I know that there's people watching right now going, she's the devil. And um, you're not like your energy. You radiate love. I don't. I, and if you were a demon, I would be able to see it. You're not a demon. But how do you feel about that? Where you have gifting that contradicts what's in the Bible? Well, I don't. I don't believe that it does. I don't believe that it does contradict because, right. like, the, just the there's a a lot of wisdom that has been misconstrued in certain Bibles from different people rewriting them and you know that's why i chose to read like the passion translation that has a lot of um it has a pure translation from aramaic from greek from mm. the septuagint they it's it's more resonant with christ's actual message was which was we are all completely connected to the divine through our own channels through our own chakra centers through our own portals we don't need a church we don't need and like God is not outside of us. God is inside of us. We are children of God made in the image of God. And we are God. Like God's like, if you read the conversations with God, that is the most brilliant, brilliant expression of reality, of pure reality, you know. So I just want to mention, I'm going to have to jump off soon. I, um, oh. I have a client at three. At one oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, let's go. I Listen, we have to do this again. I yeah. Okay. And I enjoy it. I enjoyed this. And I knew I had a feeling the conversation would start to go toe the line a little bit. Yeah. And again, I, I love these conversations because I believe that 
I, I just can't look at necessarily what you're talking about and going, that's evil because the gifting mimics such natural gifts. And I think yeah. that this is where man got in and started corrupting things because the fact is this, the gifting that you have, I mean, look, if you were led by the devil and the enemy, you could hurt a lot of people. There's no doubt about it. At the same time, the way that I understand and how you're using your gift is helping people. Yeah, it is. And, and so I have a hard time. The heart behind the action says more to me about anything else. Yeah. So anyway, Sarah, I, look, we have to do this again. Because <laughs> I, that was the fastest. I mean, it's been an hour and six minutes. And it went by so fast that I'm like, <laughs> no, I need two more hours with you. So we'll do it again. Okay. Thank awesome. you for being here. Thank you for your time. Uh, God you. bless you. And I, I truly, truly, truly cannot wait till we do it again. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Joshua. All right. Sarah Strong, everybody. Wow. Gosh, we're right there. Like, we're going down the path. We're going to have to do it again. This is a... I love these conversations. And look, I can't, I don't know. There's some things I just don't understand. Like I want to know more about the divine feminine, divine feminine, divine masculine. I want to know more about like, I mean, sacred sexuality. There's just so much to go. And like, yeah, it's kind of controversial. And I'm sure some of you are offended right now. Some of you are calling her a witch. Some of you think she's an angel. That's what I love about you guys. All of these different opinions. And here you are. So, love your feedback. Give me your feedback. Give me your feedback on Sarah. Uh, tell me what you guys are thinking. I would love to know. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. God bless you. It's This has been a blast. This is why I love broadcasting. This is like a prime example for why. And uh, look, I, we, I have a lot to learn. So do you. So do we all. All right. God bless you. And we'll see you next time.